This is a recording from a Sunday meeting of the BC Humanist Association in Vancouver. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the BCHA or its board of directors. To learn more about humanism and to support our work, visit bchumanist.ca and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to the BC Humanist Podcast. Today on religiosity in BC. This is our latest poll that we commissioned just a few months ago. It's the second poll we've done, which is interesting because we've got something to contrast it with. So, yeah, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you. So, as Joanne said, I'm going to be talking about a poll. Hopefully, it's interesting, but there are a lot of numbers. It's going to be data, data, data. So, if you like, numbers, today's your day. If you are one of those math is not my thing kind of people, hopefully I will be humorous and jokey enough that we'll get through this. Uh, I put this question up here very facetiously, is anyone in BC still religious? Because that's kind of the takeaway of our poll. In 2013 we ran a poll and it showed two-thirds of BC is not religious. Today I'll show you it's up to 70% and I'll show you on basically every question that we asked about in terms of different attitudes towards secularism, we're on the right side. We're on the majority public opinion. Uh, Before I begin, though, I want to sort of just talk about why this is important. We're an organization, we're sort of a philosophical movement that's based around many things, but one of them being reason and evidence. I think you can't really approach questions about the world without a good solid founding in data and evidence. So if we don't have good data, if we don't have good data, we can't answer good questions. So as we go forward as an organization, as we go forward in our lives, we want to make sure that we have the best available information to make sure that when we're taking on campaigns that we're able to appeal to the right audiences and that we know what we're talking about. So that's why I think we need to do polls and we need to do a lot more public opinion research. As I said, I will be talking a bit about our 2013 survey data. I'll also be talking a bit about the census, because that's obviously a bigger data set than we can afford to hire. We can't hire pollsters to go door to door and threaten them with jail time if they don't answer our questions, but the government can. But we have problems with the census data, as you know, and as I'll get into. Uh, And I'll talk about our new data. I did do a presentation three years ago about our 2013 poll, and that's available on YouTube and on our website. So I'll I'll talk about some of that information in contrast to the new stuff. If you want to see that older stuff, go find it elsewhere. And I'll link to it in our newsletter and in the podcast when I eventually post this online. So in 2001, the last really good census, when they asked about religion, What they found is BC is 36% no religion. And if you can't read the numbers because it's too far, I'm going to try and read out anything that's important. So hopefully you can't see. If you can't see, move forward. And hopefully you can. But yeah, in. Yes, I will post all the slides after as well. Uh, In 2001, 36% of BC said no religion when asked. Uh, About 50% said different kinds of Christian, and then there were a bunch of minority faiths. And of course, the question they ask is, what is this person's religion, even if they're no longer a practicing member of that group? In 2011, 
that number had risen to 44%. So the Statistics Canada only asks about religion every 10 years. This is already a first problem with trying to figure out how religious is BC. We don't get a lot of data. But we already see that BC looks very not religious. And the numbers of Christianity had dropped already. Uh, some of these numbers are a little bit different than the previous graph because I think in 2001 and 2011 they grouped the other Christians a little differently. I think some of the other Christians here were in the Protestants before. But I'm mostly focused on this 44%, which is a pretty encouraging number for like ours. What's interesting is across Canada they also had data on all the different municipalities and many uh, cities and towns across BC have more than 50% no religion according to the National Household Survey including Squamish and Campbell River were the least religious places in Canada at 55% no religion. But I mentioned there's problems with the statistics from the 2011 surveys uh, in particular. You'll, many of you will remember that the Harper government was famous for, among other things, killing the long-form census. And what he did was, the reason I refer to it as a National Household Survey is because it wasn't part of the census then, it was this extra survey that was voluntary. And big articles came out, like this one in McLean's about Ottawa's war on data, where, you know, they cut the census. And so where you would usually have a census with 90% response rate, that fell down to 69%. And Statistics Canada had a number of towns where they said, we don't have good enough data to tell you what that town is like. Now our survey doesn't have anywhere near the sample rate of the census, but we need to try to get more data. The other big problem, as I sort of alluded to, is the question the census asks about religion. What is this person's religion is a reasonable question, although it still sort of assumes they have one. But then they add this little caveat that says, indicate a religion, even if they're not currently a practicing member of this group. In Quebec, this means you have a province that's 86% Catholic where no one goes to church because, oh, my parents are Catholic and their parents are Catholic. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the Pope. All their stuff is rubbish, but I guess I'm Catholic culturally, and I don't see how that's helpful information for the government. This government uses the census to decide what social services to provide, which agencies to fund, and if the data they have says these provinces are very religious when in fact they aren't, there's this bias towards supporting religion, and so we need to put better data out there that better reflects what people actually believe. So that's why in 2013 we commissioned Justice and Market Intelligence. They did a sample size of 600 people where they mixed some, called some, and got some through their online panel. That was in April. And that gave us an error of about plus or minus 4%. So everything in the 2013 uh, questions, give or take 4%. So if there was a change of less than 4%, it's maybe invisible. This year, we went with Insights West. Uh, I just ended up talking to Mario Canseco, who's their VP of policy there, and he's really interested in all the questions we've been doing, and I've, I saw they had done a number of polls on creationism and pseudoscience, and were really interested in these questions, so I thought they'd be great to work with. They ended up uh, doing 800 people, which gives us an error of 3.5%, and the poll was in at the end of May, early June. The other differences are we asked more questions this time. Um, uh, Insights West gave us a really good deal, so we spent less this time and got a lot more data is fantastic. The other little issue is because it's a different company, 
they define their regions of BC a little bit differently. So if I'm comparing where people live and what they say there, for example, Justice and Market Intelligence doesn't give us data on the Fraser Valley, but Insights West does. They sort of lump it in with Southern BC. Uh, and the ethnic breakdowns are a little bit different too. So <coughs> well, it's great to have two data sets. Ideally, we would have stuck with the same company, but this one we paid a lot more for. So maybe we'll go with Insights West in another three years. So let's get into the meat, because that's what we're here for. The first question we ask, rather than that, what is your religion, is just, do you practice or participate in a particular religion or faith? The idea being, instead of saying, just, what's your religion? Well, are you even religious? Do you consider yourself religious? And that's when you get, in 2013, 64% of people saying no, and this year, 69% of people saying no. It's a subtle increase, and it's just above the margins of error I talked about. But I think as I go through the rest of the data, you see that it's not insignificant. The number who said they were religious in 2013 was 33%, and that's dropped to 27%. This is actually a lot more pronounced when we asked, regardless of whether you participate in a particular religion or faith, do you believe in a higher power? Because that's one thing I think we're also interested in, is this idea of how many people believe in God. And there's lots of different ways we could have asked this. We could have just said, do you believe in a god? Do you believe in a supernatural element? We chose the higher power in 2013. I don't remember exactly why, but it was in discussions with the uh, pollster. And so we stuck with that just so we could get a good comparison. In 2013, 70% said, yeah, there's a higher power. And that fell to 56% in 20, uh, this year, 2016. So that's a drop of 14%, which is well outside uh, statistical significant, so it's a real result, or if one of the polls was crap, but I like to believe that this was an actual draw. Uh, we saw the percent who don't believe in a higher power go from 20 to 26%, so they're now 6% more what, you, what I would call atheists, people who don't believe in a higher power, and the agnostics, the don't knows, went from 9 to 18%, they doubled. So BC got a lot more skeptical in the last three years. I'm not saying it was our work, but... <laughs> <laughs> We've been active. Let's... You weren't here. <laughs> I was here for some of this. <laughs> but of course, there's different ways you can look at religiosity. People will say whether they believe in a higher power, but and they may say they're religious, but do they actually go to church? Uh, when we asked in 2013, we found a good 15% who said they go on a weekly basis across BC, which is... That one, I think, was one of the actual most surprising to me, that there were only 15% of BC actually goes to church regularly. That number has already dropped to 11% in just three years, which might not be significant, but I think when you take it in context of the other two questions already, we're seeing a continued drop in church attendance. And you see that same drop at the one to two month rate and the several times a year rate. What's interesting is we see a big difference in the exact opposite direction on the people who only go on holidays and the people who go never. It seems like fewer people never go to church now. I think we can account for this because in 2013, this said, we basically gave them an option saying, how often do you attend religious services such as church, synagogue, mosque, or temple? In 2013, we said only on holidays. Whereas this time, we said only on holidays slash special events. And that seems to have jumped it by 20%. So either there were a lot more special events in the last year that people went to, or they just sort of reinterpreted that. I think the point is when you put these two categories together, the holidays and the never attends, it's still growing. So the people who 
are marginally religious at best. That is, they'll go for a wedding or a funeral, which atheists will do that because if your friend was religious, you're not going to avoid their funeral just because you objected to their theology. I mean, there might be someone, but I wouldn't. So the never attendings or rarely attendings are rising, whereas those who go frequently are dropping. What I found funny about this uh, data is Douglas Todd in the Vancouver Sun looked at this and wrote the opposite story. He went, oh, actually 45% of people in BC go to church at least sometimes. So he tried to pull this kind of thing with polls and data as you can start to tell any story you want, where he looked, he added this holidays number in with the people who are actually attending for religious purposes and said, well, there's people going into churches, therefore it's not so bad for the religious. And I disagree with that narrative, but you have to start with the data. So we don't just have these sort of top line results. Uh, we actually have a lot of data on all the different demographic trends, and I have uh, the printouts of all of these, and I'll put all of the demographic data up on our website tomorrow and include that in a nice blog post. Uh, when we look at those people who said, no, I do not practice a religion or faith, I think as a group we kind of want to know who are they, because those are our people. Those are, you could either look at that as, these are the areas where we can market to and grow the fastest, or we can look at the ones who are still very religious and say, there's where we need to do more work. Why aren't those people, why are those people still religious? Uh, men are less religious than women. 72% of men say they're not religious versus only 66% of women. The young, unsurprisingly, are less religious than the old. 72% of the 18 to 34-year-olds versus 66% of those over 55. People living in Metro Van, Northern Interior, and Vancouver Island, Vancouver Island especially at 73% are not religious. And unsurprisingly, the Fraser Valley is more religious, but it's still 61% of the Fraser Valley says they're not religious. Uh, and that's one thing that jumps out a lot to me at, out of this data, is there's only one demographic where the non-religious aren't a majority, and I'll come to that in a second. Uh, people who earn over $50,000 a year are 72% religious, non-religious, versus the poorer are a little bit more religious, uh, only 67% are non-religious. People of European and East Asian, so China and Japan and Korea's, are 71% uh, non-religious, versus those of South Asian ancestry are 57% non-religious. So they're much more religious, the India, Southeast Asia, and Bangladesh, etc. We don't have more demographics than that because BC is frankly mostly European ancestry still. So when you only ask 800 people, you might only get two people from say Latin America. And so we can't actually do demographics better than that. When we look at people who say they're non-religious, 44% of them believe in a higher power. So you could say those are the spiritual but not religious group. Uh, out of the non-religious, 34% are don't believe in a god, and 22% are just not sure. So I mentioned that one group that is more religious than the rest, and it's conservative voters. It's federal conservative voters, and to some extent, BC conservative voters. So these two graphs are how religious people are broken down by their party affiliate, or who they would vote for. So at the federal level, 
Unsurprisingly, the NDP and Green voters are not very religious, while the Conservatives are 56% religious. 56% of Conservative supporters are religious at the federal level. And the Liberals are about 25, slightly more than the, left or the further left parties. At the BC level, the BC Liberals are a little bit more right than the federal Liberals, so they're a bit more religious, it seems. Although, interestingly, the BC Conservatives are less religious than the federal Conservatives. But these numbers might be smaller, so their sample error might be that they're effectively the same. The BC NDP supporters are only 20% religious, so if you find a random religious person on the street, good chance they're not an NDP supporter. That's not to say we should be politically aligned with one way or the other. It's just what people answer. But it's also important to note BC Liberals have a long, large, non-religious portion that support them. Almost all of these parties do. So we don't need to just appeal to the leftist parties. We can make arguments for the other parties. We also asked, of those people who said they're religious, well, what is your religion then? Because that's how I think the census should approach it, just are you religious? Well, if you are religious, what is your religion? When you ask that, you see there's a big chunk who are Protestant, 41%. Another 21% of you see is Catholic. Of the religious, which is already only about 30% of the province, uh, and then just a bunch of other minority sort of religions with other Christian being the biggest. And Buddhists are actually up to 4%. And this is just others stuck into 5%. And there's a big chunk who are not sure, 3 or 4%. Uh, Muslim Sikhs, Hindus, Jews are only 1% to 2% each of the religious people. This is going to be really hard for you to read, but I'll try and uh, tell you what it says as I'm doing Basically, in 2013, we asked a bunch of questions about what kind of, what should our public education system be about? Should it encourage students to practice a specific religion? Should it teach world religions class? Should it encourage students to explore options in their personal spirituality? Should it encourage students to explore options in organized religion? Should it just not teach about religion at all? And should it just not teach about spirituality at all? And almost all of these questions, it was surprising that we got the same results even to the strongly opposed and strongly supporting, strongly agreed to within a couple percent on almost all these questions. So public opinion on five out of six of these questions didn't change in three years, which seems statistically not likely. Like, attitudes randomly change. Maybe three years ago people liked the idea of a world religion class more or less, but no, it appears they liked it the exact same amount. The one thing that did change, and it's good news for us, is people even more don't want our public education system to be promoting a specific world or a specific religion. So we don't want indoctrinary schools. So in 2013, you could see there was this uh, majority of people were strongly opposed to the idea of having students practice a specific religion. So the idea of a faith school that tells everyone you have to be Protestant Christian. No one liked that. Well, a few people liked that. But now almost no one likes that. You can see it jumped by another 20% who are strongly opposed to that. And it's just this tiny minority. It's actually 84% now are strongly or somewhat opposed to the idea of a school practicing a specific religion. And just a handful still think it's a good idea to indoctrinate students in school. This is the thing with polls I also find. You can find out there are some weird people. Like there are people who don't practice a religion 
sorry, there are people who don't believe in a higher power, but say they believe in a religion or practice a religion. A very small number, two or three percent. But I'm not too worried about this tiny minority that wants to practice the world religion. Uh, the teach, teach world religions idea, the idea of teaching uh, all religions in a sort of secular or an equal way is still a very popular idea. It's not something we really do in our schools. And it's something I've seen a lot of countries sort of bring in as a way to teach pluralism. And it's something Quebec did a few years ago in actually quite controversial way by just saying everyone has to learn all about all religions. Even Catholics have to learn about other religions. And you have to teach about other religions from a non-Catholic point of view. You have to be fair. They did eventually allow Catholics to teach Catholicism in a Catholic way. But outside of that, it could be a model for BC to take up. And there would be support for that, it seems. So we asked a number of other questions. The only other one that really matches what we asked in 2013 was how do you feel about religion in Canada's federal government? And at that time, 2013 was the height of Stephen Harper's uh, prime ministership. Prime minister. I'm trying to be fair. Uh, but he was known as an evangelical Christian and known for sort of promoting the idea of like faith and using the Office of Religious Freedoms. And so at that time in 2013, 23% of uh, British Columbians thought religion in the federal government was too mixed versus 13% uh, thought they were too separate. 13% of BC wanted religion more mixed with our federal government. Luckily, that's dropped to 10% who want them not more mixed. Uh, and but also the number who think it's too mixed has dropped as well. So people are more content or just not sure of how our federal government is doing. In 2013, we asked a specific question about a comment Christy Clark had made about mixing religion and BC's government. And so I don't compare it with the 2016 question we asked about religion and BC's government because it's not directly comparable. Uh, but with our provincial government, only 10% really want our provincial government to get more mixed with religion, whereas 16% thinks it's too mixed right now. But a good you know, 40% think we found a good balance in the province. And we can have a debate about that. And maybe this is something where we do know of areas where religion is mixed in BC's government, like in the independent school system. And even on the assisted dying question, when BC was looking at bringing it into the healthcare system, we know uh, evangelicals in the government caucus killed the ability of the BC government to move further ahead on that. So maybe this is something we need to make more noise about, since BC doesn't seem to be aware of it. So the next one is really interesting to me. This is basically the tax credit, the ta tax the church's questions. And I wanted to break this down because just saying, do you think churches should be taxed or not, I don't think is a very useful question because we need to figure out what that means in the Canadian context. As far as I know, there's sort of four advantages tax-wise for being a religion. The first is getting charitable status. You can get charitable status just by being a religious group and their religion has to believe in a theistic higher power. There has to be an element of theistic worship. So you can't have an atheistic religion in Canada. Uh, you also can get your houses of worship tax-exempt in BC just automatically. It's provincial law, so every municipality has to exempt houses of worship. But municipalities also get the option to exempt other church properties, like parking lots and daycare facilities and whatever else the church might own. 
and that's done to different degrees in different municipalities. And then anyone who's filled out their own uh, tax form or income tax form will have probably come across this income tax credit for a clergy residence. So if you're a member of the clergy, you can say, I deduct the cost of my, my living costs versus I working for a humanist association can't. So I'm not saying I want to, I'm just saying it's a difference. So we ask, we ask British Columbians, do you agree or disagree with these? Not, we're not, we haven't decided which of these we should really take on, but we want to know, and I know there are a lot of people, especially in our group, who want to take on this tax the church idea, or at least make it more fair. Uh, the idea of giving religious groups charitable status is pretty supported across BC. Most of it is a somewhat agree support. So the lighter green is the somewhat supports, those who don't feel strongly, obviously. Uh, and the darker reds and darker greens are the stronglies. So it's a majority of about over 60% support charitable status. But for every other of the tax exemptions, there's a majority who are who disagree with that idea. The most strongly being the sort of other properties. And that one's really interesting because we have cases across BC where municipalities have uh, come up against budget crunches and they went, well, where, where are we going to get our money? Oh, look, there are these giant amounts of church land in the middle of downtown Langley or downtown Gibsons, if that's a thing, but they're not paying taxes on them. And so I know in Gibsons specifically, one of the mayors there at one point went, well, we have this other problem of people aren't volunteering or getting civically engaged. So let's sort of mix them together and say, if your church wants to preserve these sort of other tax exemptions, these permissive exemptions, show us what you're doing for it. You don't just get it automatically. And so they sort of did an audit of the churches and said, well, if you're doing something for the community, then you have a, then we have a reason to give you this tax exemption. But if you're just, like, for example, they heard from the Jehovah's Witnesses saying, we just go around and make more Jehovah's Witnesses, and that's good for society, right? And Gibson's went, nope, you can pay your tax on your parking lot. And I've heard of other towns where the debates come up and churches sort of get really angry and get all their people together. I know in Langley, they stormed the city council meeting when it was even just considered to look into this and said, no, if you consider taxing our parking lots, then we'll have to close all our social services and we won't be able to feed the poor because their priority was still running their religious service and not the social service, obviously. So there's grounds to make an argument there because over 30% of BC strongly disagrees with that idea. Uh, the other exemptions are also opposed by a majority. So there's not a lot of groups that tend to make these arguments because they can be very visceral and angry or sound very angry. And they make, but I think there's a need to question why are these automatic exemptions there for some groups just because they're religious. The other one that we got a bunch of a bit of press on was do you support or oppose providing government funds to private schools. So in BC, we regulate all private schools and two major classes of independent, what are called independent schools get a portion of government funds. Some get 50% of the amount a public school would get per student and some get 30%. Most tend to get the 50% rate. Some of those are secular schools like art schools, science, specialty schools, tech, other kind of technical schools. Uh, and but, about half of them are religious, whether they're, a lot of them are Catholic, there might be some Jewish, 
might be a couple Muslim ones, Islamic ones, and so forth. Uh, and there are definitely evangelical Christian ones, including ones where you have to prove you can speak in tongues to get into the school. Ah. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, the BC... Children? Children yes. Yes. I, this, that story came out a few years ago, and we'll definitely be digging it up and using it more. Uh, these schools also selectively hire, as in, to work at a Catholic school, you generally have to be Catholic, or at least follow Catholic doctrines, as in, not have a same-sex relationship and not get divorced. Uh, unsurprisingly, BC doesn't like that idea with 60, with 70% being opposed, and a majority of that, sorry, not quite a majority of that being strongly opposed. Does what, that same rule apply to priests? <laughs> I guess they're exempt. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, churches are allowed to hire their own priests. Uh, what surprised me here, though, is the opposition to funding private secular schools was almost as high as the religious schools. Uh, there's probably an argument, there's an argument that private, that the independent secular schools can make that the public system isn't providing all of the options and so there's a reason to have them. But maybe when you use the word private school, people automatically think of the elitist school that Christy Clark's kids go to. And then everyone gets really angry. And only 10% tend to really strongly defend those. Uh, we asked a few, we asked a bunch more questions. And then I'm not getting into on any of these last questions really the demographic data. Uh, but what I will say, we have all the demographic data. They tend not to be, there tend not to be major differences. Um, for example, on the tax question, it's, consistent across regions, it's consistent across partisanship. People don't like these tax credits for the religious. Uh, the religious tend to like it more, and those who believe in a higher power tend to like it more, but otherwise it's not a big difference. On the private school funding, everyone is really opposed to all, both of these, the young, the old, the religious, the not, the NDP and the conservative voters. There's no one who's overwhelmingly in favor of government funding going to private schools, whether they're secular or religious. We asked two more questions here about providing government funds to religious groups that run social programs. So providing funds to, say, the Salvation Army to run a homeless shelter or a food bank. And people have a lot of soft support for that. It's just over 50% support, but most of those are sort of a somewhat uh, support. You should say support and not agree and oppose and not disagree. That's just a typo. But there's also you know, a significant portion of BC, just over 40%, that disagree with the idea of giving money to social programs. We then sort of added a caveat and said, well, what if those religious groups hire or fire people based on their religious beliefs? As in, we won't hire someone who doesn't agree with us, or we'll fire someone who gets divorced, or we'll fire someone who's gay. And unsurprisingly, BC doesn't like that idea. Those groups should not get government funds, with over 50% of BC being strongly opposed to that, about 55, and another 20% being somewhat opposed. You know, and about 10% thinking, yeah, let groups do whatever they want, just give them money. They're doing something. But, uh, there tend to be, again, few differences in the demographics here except in the second case where there's sort of discrimination happening 
the NDP supporters, the leftists, get really angry, and almost none of them agree with that idea. They have a very strong social justice conscience, in this case, I guess. Uh, we asked the same two sort of questions about religious hospitals. So, should governments provide funds to religious hospitals and healthcare institutions? 60% think that's reasonable. You know, we have a lot of healthcare institutions, including Providence Healthcare here in Vancouver, that is Catholic-based or otherwise religious, and for historic reasons. And I think people are somewhat okay with that, and that's probably not what we like to hear. Uh, but that support flips entirely as soon as those hospitals refuse to provide legal services, like abortions, like physician-assisted dying. And we put those two words into the question just to see if that would go, oh, well, those are controversial, and so they shouldn't have to do them. No, BC 55%, or sorry, about 53%, don't like the idea of giving money to hospitals that refuse to provide abortions and physician-assisted dying, and about 70% are even somewhat opposed, or disagree in some way. This, again, uh, is stronger among those who are young, or sorry, the top one, the young and lefties tend not to support giving money to healthcare institutions, religious healthcare institutions at all. Uh, on the ones who refuse services, the older people actually oppose it even more. People on Vancouver Island who tend to be not religious and older, and Europeans and lefties again. Also, lefties tend to agree with us a lot for some reason. So we have some, we have a lot of grounds for here because on this question, when we asked this, it came out right at the same time as the uh, Bill C-14 and a lot of the discussions about what Canada's assisted dying regime would look like. And healthcare institutions like Providence were saying, we are a Catholic institution, we won't provide assisted deaths here on our facilities. And so we put this poll, we put this question out as a standalone press release and said, look, BC disagrees. You have to provide it because the public wants it or just don't accept public funds, money. Don't accept public money. Next question I put up here in full because it's a bit complicated and we had to give a bit of a background as I don't think many people know this, but maybe you already do within our group. But the basic idea is that, as some of you know, we've been trying to get marriage officiants as an organization. The idea that we could perform marriages that are legally binding if a couple comes to us through our officiant program. But as it stands in BC under the Marriage Act, you can only provide a marriage, if, perform a marriage, if you're a government bureaucrat, that is a marriage commissioner appointed by the government, or a religious organization who's been accredited to appoint religious representatives to perform religious marriages. So we asked, do you support or oppose the government of BC allowing non-religious groups such as atheists and humanists to appoint individuals to perform marriages? Essentially, can we have humanist marriages? And people say yes. 66% uh, of BC likes that idea. It's really strong among 18 to 34 year olds where 78% like the idea and only 15% opposed. Uh, it's less strong among the old where only 53%. This is another one of those questions where we have a majority of support on just about every uh, benchmark except once again BC conservative supporters and I think federal conservative supporters as well don't like the idea of humanist performing marriages probably because they see it as another attack on traditional marriage, which 
fine, it is. 46% uh, of BC Conservative supporters oppose the idea of atheists being allowed to perform marriages versus 34% who are in support. And when I say it's an attack on traditional marriage, the idea that God blesses a couple, a heterosexual couple, together is their idea. But we already don't have that. We already have civil marriages, and so this is sort of an extension. So the BC Liberal supporters, again, 57% are on our side, 32% are opposed. So there is a stronger opposition in the BC Liberals than, say, the BC Greens, where 81% of them say, whatever, do whatever you want. And that's probably the sort of liberal, so libertarian ideals of the Green Party. Uh, I'll also say a bit about the demographics of the no those who don't believe in a higher power on each of these questions. Uh, on public education, on that public education question about encouraging students to practice a specific religion or faith, as in should we have indoctrinary schools, 91% who don't believe in a higher power are opposed. I don't know what the other 9% think, <laughs> but as I said, on any poll question, you'll get some contrarians, and I don't know if they're just being fun, trying to be funny when they answer polls or what, but you know, 91% you rarely get you know, support that strong. So. Among our atheistic audience, opposing the idea that schools should be indoctrinating students is a popular position. The atheists are also much stronger in saying that the federal and provincial governments have gone too far in mixing religion, whereas only 10 to 15 percent said that among the general population, atheists are 25 and 24 percent upset about it. There are 1 to 2 percent of atheists who think religion and the governments are too separate. And that's, again, those contrarians, I guess, who are atheists, but like the idea of a theocratic state. <laughs> you can't make it imprecise. Can we have the questions at the end, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I say 1% to 2% say two separate, that means there were people who answered these questions these ways. Um, on the tax exemption statuses, 45% of atheists oppose religious charitable status. 68% oppose the idea that houses of worship should be tax-exempt. 80% oppose other property exemptions for religious groups. And 69% oppose the clergy tax credit. Those are all higher by at least 10% than the sort of general population. And not that surprising, I think, because atheists don't like the idea of religion getting credit or tax credits. 48%, uh, so there's still a pretty close to even split among atheists who think public funds should go to religious charities that perform social programs. Uh, but 83% are opposed to those who are discriminatory. 80% of atheists oppose private, private religious schools getting public funding, and 70% oppose private secular schools getting funding, and both of those are about 7% greater than the general population. 41% of atheists oppose funding religious hospitals. So there are still, most atheists do like the idea of giving, or are not opposed to the idea of giving money to religious hospitals unless they start to refuse legal services, and then it's almost unanimous at 81%. And 76% of atheists like the idea of atheists being allowed to appoint marriage officiants. So that's sort of the quick run through of a lot of data. As I said, I have a bit more demographics in front of me I'll say this is just sort of a starting point. We can now take all of this data and use it to start to look at our campaigns going forward. 
if we're gonna argue about independent school funding to religious groups, we now know who are the, to some extent, those who are the strongest on our side, and those are our allies to work with. And then who do we need to convince about the argument? We also, I think, need more data always. I mean, this is a start. We have two data points now. We can start to pretend we have trend lines, but you know, it might be that it changes, and it might be a lot of these were within error. Uh, and so that's my presentation today. I hope you thought this was a worthwhile cause for us.